Hello, everyone. Welcome to Basket Bubble, the podcast about the NBA living life inside the Disney bubble. My name is Matthew Moore, and I am one of your hosts here, and I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Bodenbach, who I lovingly refer to as Bodie, and you will never hear me say the name Andrew again. Bodie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Matthew? I'm doing great. I am really excited that we have finally found an excuse to start a basketball podcast. Yeah, since you never invited me on your other show. I get to be on this one. That is actually better, honestly, because you have every episode dedicated to you instead of just one. So you're welcome. I like the special treatment. <laughs> so let me let me give you a little bit of a lay of the land here at Basket Bubble. Yes, this is a show about basketball, but this is equally a show about the bubble side of the NBA here. So we obviously love the NBA. We have been avid fans for quite some time now. But one of my favorite things about the NBA is the NBA culture, things like NBA Twitter, things like getting great news leaks from Adrian Wojnarowski. Yes, this will be a show that analyzes games, talks about where teams are in the standings. But at the end of the day, this is a fun show talking about why we love the culture of basketball. So uh, let's get started here. Before we can talk bubble, we need to talk about where everything stands as far as the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. I'm going to cover the Eastern Conference, and we have nine teams who have made the bubble from the Eastern Conference. First place, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. Things to watch out for with the Milwaukee Bucks. Can Eric Bledsoe play basketball in the playoffs? That seems to be a place where he forgets how to dribble and shoot and pass. So hopefully he can hold that together and give Giannis the support that he really needs. One other thing to watch for with the Milwaukee Bucks, we have rookie, I'm going to I'm gonna butcher this, Dante DiVincenzo. You got Did I get it. that right? You got it. Divin, DiVincenzo. The only thing I would add about the Bucks is they have notorious mascot killer Robin Lopez on their team. And if there's <laughs> and the best place in the world to kill mascots would be Disney World. So there could be some bad quarantine breaking. Do you imagine Lopez finding his way onto the regular campus of Walt Disney World and chasing down Buzz Lightyear? If he hasn't done it already, I'm thinking he will by (laughs) mid-October. Oh, my gosh. And second, we have the Toronto Raptors, who are six and a half games out of first place, probably fitting quite squarely into second for a while. The Raptors are an interesting team because they are the defending champions, but they don't have any real quote-unquote superstar on their team. The NBA seems to be a place where if you don't have one big superstar, then there seems to be less of a realistic chance that you're going to get another ring. So is a lack of Kawhi Leonard on this Raptors team mean that they stand less of a chance to make it into the finals again this year? What do you think, Bodie? I heard a comparison, I think today, of the Raptors with the 2004 Detroit Pistons. And it's very fair comparison. Just a very good team, very good players all around with a system that they know. The Pistons went up against an old Lakers team in the finals. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Differences, Giannis, 
Kawhi, Anthony Davis, they're not, there's not a bunch of turmoil with those teams like that Lakers team. So we'll see what Toronto can do. In third, we have the Boston Celtics, who are nine and a half games out of first place, just three back from two seed. I think they're probably going to stay in that third place. Um, Be interesting to see who ends up being the six to their three in the playoffs. Uh, Marcus Smart tested positive early in COVID-19 world. Everything that I've seen about Marcus Smart, he seems to be feeling really healthy and not seeming to have any ill effects from Uh, Recovering from COVID-19, I have seen a lot of stuff about Kimball Walker. People are concerned that his knee may not hold up, and he spent most of the beginning of the season being pretty tender on it. So we shall see what happens with that uh, Celtics team. You kept your Boston bias very tame there, so good job. Yes, it should be known that I'm a Boston Celtics fan. So I'm trying not to uh, paint everything through green colored lenses here. Fourth, we have the Miami Heat, uh, a very different Miami Heat team than when we think of the playoff Miami Heat. There's no Dwayne Wade. There's no Chris Bosh. There's no LeBron James. But this is a very interesting team. Derek Jones Jr., who won the slam dunk contest this year. Remember the All-Star game? Like, 17 years ago. Uh, He tested positive, but again, seems to be fairly healthy, uh, seems to be in a good space. And uh, an interesting wrench in this Miami Heat team is Andre Iguodala, who is a previous NBA Finals MVP, has won several titles with the Golden State Warriors, but uh, is not young anymore. And so uh, wonder what will happen as far as his presence on that team if he will kind of take more of a coach position if he will be more of a we need six buckets quick let's throw him in kind of player uh be interesting to see what he looks like there next at the five seed we've got the indiana pacers who are 14 games back indiana pacers are a very unique team they kind of fall into that raptors world where they don't really have a superstar other than victor oladipo who has been talking about coming back. There's a chance that he may feel healthy enough to come back and be a part of this team. I think they may be a uh, pretty good underdog if uh, Oladipo comes back and looks healthy and finds a way to fit into this starting lineup. I agree. If they can stay in that five spot and not have to play Boston in the first round, I would really like their chances against the Heat if Oladipo does play. All right. Six seed. We've got the Philadelphia 76ers who are the same amount of games back. They are also 14 games back. Indiana holds the tiebreaker there. And so we may see some shifting there, as Bodie alluded to. The 76ers are a interesting team to be in sixth place because they have Ben Simmons. They have Joel Embiid. They have a lot of talent. They've got Al Horford, my uh, former boy. It's interesting to see what this team is going to do. They have recently talked about Ben Simmons moving from point guard to power forward, which welcome to basketball in 2020, where your point guard can also be a power forward, apparently. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Shake Milton running the point. What do you think, Bodie? This is my favorite team in the East. They're not the best team, but I I really like their chances if they can get this rolling with Shake Milton at point guard. 
Ben Simmons can be a Draymond-like four-man, and Embiid can guard Giannis. If anybody can guard Giannis, he's one of the best players to do that. Also, we should not lose sight of the fact that one of the very first things I saw from people ending up in the bubble was Joel Embiid in his hazmat suit. The first thought that came into my mind was, can you imagine being the guy who had to hand make that suit? Because there's no way in the world you can just go on Amazon and buy a seven foot tall hazmat suit that's going to work. So kudos to the man in charge of getting Joel Embiid that hazmat suit. Next, we have the Brooklyn Nets at seven. Oh, boy. This team, I, I don't know why they're here. I mean, other than they're the seven, they're the seven seed. They have to be here. But no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie, no Spencer Dinwiddie. Arguably, their three best players on their roster will not be in uh, Orlando. So what do they do? They go out and they sign Jamal Crawford. <laughs> who uh, is a wonderful player and really quite a grab for uh, what's happening here. They signed Michael Beasley, who then tested positive and can no longer play for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh my gosh, this is going to be... This is going to be a shit show of a team. I am excited that Boston has them on their schedule, and I am uh, looking forward to not watching any Brooklyn Nets games. Eighth seed, we've got the Orlando Magic. Again, kind of one of those teams that the this is kind of what happens in the East. The bottom two or three teams are there just because there's not enough any good teams in the East. And uh, Orlando Magic, the homeboys, are on this are in this bubble. What else do I have here? Very little. They have way too many centers. They have way too many big guys, and Markel Fultz still can't shoot a basketball. The only good thing we have coming out of Orlando is apparently Mo Bamba looks like a monster. And, I mean, if anyone can pass him the ball, maybe they'll be... Uh, Slightly entertaining, but I highly doubt it. And last and certainly least is the Washington Wizards, who have literally no chance because Bradley Beal uh, is going into free agency next year and doesn't want to get hurt and has no interest in getting hurt and playing meaningless basketball for him. And he is sitting out the rest of this year. I think he's going to finish second in scoring or something like that for the league. He's been great this year with nothing to show for it otherwise yes all right Bodie, give us the western conference rundown well the western conference starts and ends with la whether it be the lakers or the clippers whoever you want to go with both teams are pretty well set coming into the bubble the lakers with a little more drama Avery Bradley, who had been their starting point guard the last few weeks, has decided to sit out the restart. Rajon Rondo, who was their not backup point guard, but solid guy off the bench, he fractured his thumb and will be out six to eight weeks, which could deprive us of playoff Rondo, which is one of the best things in the league. From there, the Western Conference gets kind of muddled. Good teams all up and down, but three through six is going to be a slugfest as we get these next eight games. And third, the Denver Nuggets, led by Nikolai Jokic. Then the Jazz are in fourth. And then tied for fifth are the Oklahoma City Thunder and Houston Rockets. All these teams have different things going on with injuries and with COVID. 
Russell Westbrook, the starting point guard for the Rockets, just tested positive for it. The Jazz have one of their starters, Bojan Bogdanovich, injured, and he will not be playing. Out of those teams, the Rockets are the team that has the best chance of beating one of the L.A. teams. Why do you say that? They have James Harden. They have Russell Westbrook. And they play such a weird style that will either be great or will really hurt them if against the Lakers, Anthony Davis or LeBron just overpowering them or the Clippers who can play any style that they want to. In seventh, we have the Dallas Mavericks, who by some metrics are one of the top teams in the league. Their scoring margin has been great. They're just behind Boston and well ahead of Houston, who is seventh in scoring margin. They have Luka Doncic, who was Rookie of the Year last year and has gone even beyond what anybody thought was possible for him in year two. He is as advertised. If Porzingis is healthy and they can get some of their less experienced players actually nobody on this team seems experienced but they're less notable players to step up they could be very dangerous if they can move up to that sixth seed and avoid the clippers do you imagine Kristaps porzingis finally showing some of that potential that we've all been hearing about i hope so if he's healthy then he he has shown that i it's been so long since we saw anybody play i don't remember what he looked like before pandemic broke out but man this team was really, really good. And then the eighth seed, which is more difficult to parse than a Kanye West presidential statement. <laughs> you have the Memphis Grizzlies in eight, three and a half games ahead of Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento, four games ahead of San Antonio, and then nobody cares about Phoenix. But whoever gets ninth, as long as they're within four games, gets to play a play-in game against Memphis. And then they would have to win both of those games, while Memphis would only have to win one of those games. And the good news is this will be over in about as much time as Kanye West presidential run took. <laughs> so it'll all be okay. Do you expect the 6, 7, 8 to stay where they are? Do you expect Portland to move up or New Orleans to move up at all? For the 8 seed, I expect Portland and New Orleans to really battle each other to get that 9 spot. I don't see them dropping out of a play-in game position. We're going to have a play-in game in the West. Who it is, though, Zion Williamson just left quarantine today. for He just left the bubble today for a family issue that we do not know what it is. We don't know how long he'll be gone, how long he'll have to be in quarantine when he comes back. He can miss some games. That would be really bad for the Pelicans. The Blazers are healthy now, so they're really dangerous. If they could sneak in to that eight seed, they would be a tough series for the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers want to see the Blazers or the Pelicans. It is my pleasure to introduce our guest for this episode. This is my friend Mitchell Williamson. Mitchell, hello. Welcome to Basketball. Hey, Matthew. Hey, Bodie. I am super excited to be here. I am a huge podcast fan in general. I'm a huge sports fan in general. And I'm a huge fan of all things Walt Disney World. 
for sure. And that makes you a perfect guest for this first episode because, as we all know, nothing has happened yet <laughs> as far as actual basketball games. But the one thing that has happened is Disney World. So, Mitchell, tell me a little bit about what your experience is with Disney World. When did you first go and why do you love Disney World so much? I do love Disney World. My first trip to Disney World was in 1995 at six years old and I've been like 10 or 11 times since then. And I guess it's just, you go there when you're six years old for the first time and I guess you just get stuck in your head that this is the coolest thing ever. And then, you know, 25 years later, it still is the coolest thing ever. Bodie and I talked earlier about how neither of us have been to Disney World. As people who may not have ever been, can you give a little bit of a lay of the land of how big of a space are we talking about when we talk about Disney World? Uh, what kind of footprint are we looking at? And what are these players kind of jumping into here? Well, I'm not sure how much the players will actually get to experience of the about 40 square mile campus that in encompasses all of Disney World. But you know, them being in, in their you know, little bubbles, I don't know how much they're going to get to see. But Disney World as a whole is about 40, a little over 40 square miles. And it consists of four theme parks, two water parks. It's got you know, uh, about 30 different resorts and hotels that are Disney owned and operated and a few other hotels on site that are, are not owned and operated by Disney. It's a huge, huge campus with just tons of stuff to do. There's always something new to see down there. And it's truly the best place to go. I encourage everybody to uh, check it out. It'd be great if we could all go down there and actually watch some of these games, but um, no fans will be allowed at the ESPN Wide World of Sports to see. Didn't we get credentialed? I mean, we can go. I think you guys should be credentialed. Y'all are uh, members of the media. We have a link that I'll put in the show notes here that comes from SB Nation that says every Disney hotel NBA teams are staying in explained. Mitchell, are you familiar with any of these hotels? And can you give a little bit of a uh, explain like I'm five version of what we've got going on here? Yes, I, I, I can. So in addition to um, just being a huge fan, it's also my side hustle job. I'm an authorized Disney vacation planner. I'm sort of a uh, freelance travel agent that works on behalf of Disney and helps people. So I'm supposed to know a lot about these places and the hotels that all the teams are staying at, where they're staying at, it's all based on their rankings at the moment. But then what hotel they're all staying at in based on those rankings is kind of wild for us Disney fans. Oh, interesting. So you would say that the hotels do not match the standings. Is that fair? I think from a Disney fan perspective, if you were going to be able to go and visit the theme parks and do all the things that all the resorts offer. They definitely do not match what, what us Disney fans would expect their ranking to be. Now from, from the bubble perspective, it, there might be some things that we can clue into how these all make sense on where everybody's staying at and why. Okay. So what we're looking at here from the SB nation article is the quote unquote best hotel here is the grand Destino Tower. Are you familiar with this one? Yes, I am, I am familiar with it. So the interesting thing about all three of these resorts, I guess the reason why they're here is that each of these resorts, the three that they're all staying at, is attached to a convention center that uh, the NBA and Disney have converted these giant ballrooms and these huge you know, 70,000 foot convention centers into practice courts. So if you guys have been seeing anything from NBA Twitter about these guys practicing, they are inside of a convention center in a ballroom, which is how you got to see the uh, Luka Doncic uh, shot off the ceiling the other day. That was pretty yes. cool. 
But yeah, the top four seeds from both the East and the West are in the Grand Destino Tower, which, albeit, is the newest of the of all the resorts at Disney World. It opened last summer in July, so it's just about a year old. But the interesting thing about it is that all the hotels at Disney World are classified into three categories. There are value resorts, which are the cheapest and the lightly, you know, the most lightly themed resorts that that you can stay at. And then there are moderate resorts, which are a little bit nicer, but they're not there, you know cream of the crop of the resorts because those are the deluxe resorts and the wild thing about it is that the one through four seeds in the east and the west are staying at grand destino tower at disney's coronado springs which disney themselves would classify as a moderate resort (laughs) but with that being said though this is the newest place you know it opened it's only been open a year and it's interesting when you look at each of the resorts everybody got a little bit of something like everybody can say they've got the best of something at each of the resorts so at Grand Destino, they have the newest and the biggest TVs. They've all got brand new, like 55-inch flat screens in each of the, their rooms. So I guess that's something they can hang their hat on. I know when I was watching the guys rolling into the bubble on Twitter, you could see a bunch of them like rolling in with their you know Xboxes and their Playstations and stuff. So some of those guys can hook those up to the biggest screens at Grand Destino. And they also have, which I guess this is important if you are you know, a giant, which most of the NBA would be considered, you know, above average height for a uh, normal inhabitants of the planet. That they have the the best showers. They've got showers with like um, rainfall shower heads that are attached to the ceiling. So, you know, if you are Brooke and Robin Lopez, I don't know if you'll be able to shower like that without ducking down, but that's got to be better than one coming out the side of the wall. Yeah, surprisingly, I have never had to duck to take a shower, so I have no idea what that feels like. And you're also not an NBA superstar, so those might be correlated. <laughs> you're probably right. At Grand Destino Tower, they've got, they also have like the least uh, Disney theming. It's kind of, you know, they've been, when they redid this, they were pushing this towards more of a hotel convention crowd. So it's not as like in your face Disney World. It's kind of more of a Vegas style kind of decor. And it's also technically the closest to the ESPN wide world of sports where the games are going to be played at. It's about three and a half miles away from that. So they're technically the closest there. So that's kind of what those guys are getting. You know, I brought up the, the Lopez twins a second ago, which it's, it's funny because they are actually huge huge disney nerds those dudes love going to the theme parks they showed there, there were a couple rides that disney closed a couple of years ago two rides on the same day and they sh- both showed up over the summer in tuxedos for this big farewell to these two classic rides from the 80s wow the things you learn on basket bubble oh yes definitely they're definitely the fun follow for the disney nerds out there that want to follow the bubble but have more of the disney world side of things so we talked about how the Grand Destino may not necessarily be the best get out of these three. What do you think is the most sought after of the three that we're looking at here? I thought about this a bunch, about where I would want to stay if I was going to be there. And I, and I can I can kind of make cases for all of them, I think. But I'm going to have to side with my boy Robin Lopez, who is tweeting out his old teammates at the Blazers, who are stuck over at Disney's Yacht Club Resort, which... All the, all the people staying or all the teams that are staying over at the Yacht Club are technically the teams that aren't in the playoffs right now. So they're the lowest, I guess in Disney sense, the, the lowest ranked of the resorts. Now, these rooms are also the smallest of the rooms compared to the Grand Destino Tower or the Grand Floridian where the um, 
the five through eight ranked teams are from east, both the east and the west. But the thing about the yacht club is that it has the best pool, far and wide, better than than any other else. The pool at the which the Disney Yacht Club is sort of a Martha's Vineyard nautical themed resort. It opened in 1990. So it's, you know, compared to Grandestino, it's older, but all of the rooms at the Yacht Club were refurbished in 2017. So it's not like they're 30-year-old hotel rooms. They've all been updated and spruced up recently. And then they've got that best pool, which the the pool there, which is closed to the general public because the general public is staying next door at Disney's Beach Club, which is like a sister resort to the Yacht Club. But all the NBA players have access to Storm Along Bay, which is the big main feature pool at the Yacht Club. And it is awesome. It's got sand bottom pool. It's got a lazy river. It's got a huge water slide that there's like a full-size recreation like pirate ship and you climb up to the crow's nest which is how you get to the water slide that then gets down to the sand bottom pool it is basically like a small water park right there at the resort who needs basketball when you've got all this man yes and Rodman <laughs> lopez was tweeting to damian lillard and his former blazer teammates trying to figure out how he could sneak over there to stay there for his <laughs> duration of the bubble. Well, talking about quarantine and sneaking around, a lot of the players so far who have seen trouble and have been getting called out on the snitch hotline are getting called out because of food issues. They're saying that they aren't getting enough food. They're not getting good enough food. Of these three if you are a uh, a hungry boy, where where do you want to be? Now, if, if I'm a hungry boy, which I am always a hungry boy, I would want to stay at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, which is where the five through eight seeds are staying. At the Grand Floridian over there, they've got basically a Michelin star restaurant there. I would like to clear up some things that I know that when everybody showed up you know, to the Orlando campus, all the players were posting about their scrub meals that they were getting. But that is not what those guys are going to be eating every day for the next, you know, three months. So when the players report to the campus, they immediately go into a, I believe it's a 36-hour quarantine, isolation quarantine in their room. So this is basically their little cheap room service meals to get them through the first like 36 hours. If you've seen some of the guys posting about their scrub meals they've been getting. Whereas once, once they finish with their uh, initial quarantine, they'll be able, they'll, they will have the full access of all of their NBA nutritionists and the full access to the Disney culinary teams that will be serving them probably some of the finest food us lay people will never actually get to eat. And the Grand Floridian is actually Disney's quote unquote flagship resort. It's supposedly their nicest resort. It's the biggest rooms. So the guys that are staying over there, they've got the most square footage. They've got about 440 square feet per room. But it's the furthest away from the wide world of sports. It's about twice as far as the guys at Grand Destino. So that might, I guess that's a a knock against them. So it sounds like the, the priorities were proximity, spaciousness, and food. Does it, does it sound like we're missing anything there as far as like what were Disney and the NBA looking at when it came time to decide who was staying where? Yeah, I think I, I think that is it. And they and like I said earlier, they also they each got something. You know, the guys at Grand Destino, they've got the best TVs and the best showers and the newest rooms. The guys over at the Grand Floridian have the biggest rooms, and then the guys at the Yacht Club have the coolest pool. Although most of those guys will probably be out of there after their first eight games. And then Disney World will get to start selling those rooms back to the general public, which I'm sure they are biting at the teeth trying to get ready for that. We don't know how much money the NBA is putting out to 
basically rent a whole section of Disney World. I've heard a number. You guys haven't heard this number? I haven't heard this number. Let's hear it. Yes. I, I believe I heard this from uh, at Scott Gustin, who is a local theme park guy in Orlando on Twitter. The NBA is anticipating spending $1.5 million a day for a total of $150 million for the whole season. Wow. That shows how much they're expecting to make off of all this. Oh, certainly. Yeah, th- that, uh, that is not a number I'd heard, and I am excited to, to know that. It, so is that assuming that – well, here's a great question. Let's say that the Pelicans – uh, somehow managed to make it up to the eight seed and they uh, make it into the playoffs and Blazers, the Kings, the Spurs, the Suns, the Wizards are all gone and they have replaced the Grizzlies, right, for the eight seed. Does that mean that the Pelicans are picking up and moving from the Yacht Club over to the Grand Floridian or are they uh, the kings of the castle? at uh, the Yacht Club now. From my understanding, they will be moved once the rest of their, um, I don't know what to say. The cohort? Yeah, yeah. once they are officially a lottery team, they are officially getting moved. (laughs) That's something I hadn't thought about until uh, just this moment. That's interesting. And I imagine that that probably saves the NBA some money too, right? If they're now down to just two hotels instead of three, they're probably saving some money that way as well, right? Yeah, the NBA is definitely forking out money for transportation and security and things like that. So having having everybody located at at one resort would be the the ideal and they are going to be working towards that as the uh, the abbreviated season and the rest of the playoffs go on. So yes, they will be moving people around as needed. And then Disney World would like that as well because Disney would like chumps like me to uh, pay them a bunch of money to go stay in those rooms. How fast is their turnaround expected to be once the NBA moves out? How fast are they looking to open it back up to normal business? Let me check. Club opening. You know, this these are not confirmed by Disney, but there are rumored dates about when those are opening. And yes, and I, I do anticipate them turning these around probably within within a week at most, just because Disney is definitely wanting to get those all back in inventory as soon as possible. And the date that I have shown here is August twenty fourth is when Disney has penciled in to open the the yacht club back up. First game's July 30th, and then by August 24th, uh, Disney is planning on having their yacht club resort back open. And then they are planning on having the Grand Floridian back open on September 21st. So it looks like they'd be giving themselves a week in between when teams would supposedly move out of those hotels and open it up to the public. I'm not sure about the actual Grand Destino Tower. There's actually um, another part of the Coronado Springs Resort where the Grand Destino is, which is not open to the public right now. So that's another thing that the guys at Grand Destino are getting is that there's no nobody from the general public that's even like remotely near them, whereas the guys at the Grand Floridian and the Yacht Club are kind of sharing their space with uh, the public, although they are quarantined and bubbled off, there are big fences that let let the general public know where they can and cannot go at those resorts. But the Coronado Springs Ro- Resort is opening back to the public on October 14th. So I think that is maybe one day after the finals. I thought it was the 12th. The 12th, and that's a two-day turnaround. Yeah, it's right in there then. Mitchell, is it sustainable for a group of NBA players to stay inside this Disney bubble for four months? Uh, absolutely, I would say. It definitely, if, if I had the chance to go and you know, get paid to stay at Disney World and play basketball and eat you know, world-class food from the 
Disney culinary team and from NBA nutritionists, I would, you know, drop everything in a heartbeat to get there. Now, granted, the lifestyle that these guys are used to, I'm not quite sure how this will translate to a guy like LeBron or some of the top, top superstars. What life is going to be like staying in mostly like a, you know, 400, 450 square foot room for most of their time for the next couple of months. But if it was me, I would be chomping at the bit trying to get there for sure. I realize you're probably the wrong person to ask this question to, but what is going to be the worst part? about being stuck at Disney for four months? I think the worst part would have to be, at least for some guys like Brooke and Robin Lopez, knowing they are so close to a a lot of fun and not really being able to get to experience a lot of that. Granted, you would think a lot of these guys would be in playoff mode. So, you know, hopefully a lot of them are just, you know, thinking about basketball and that's it. I'm sure it's going to be hard for a bunch of them to be in, you know, kind of quarantined away from their families as well and stuff like that. But Supposedly, after the first round of the playoffs, uh, all the NBA players will uh, get to invite their families to come. Each of the players has the option to purchase. Now, these are not provided by the NBA, but if each player wants, they have the option to purchase up to 17 hotel rooms at Disney World per player for their family and friends to come down after the first round of the playoffs. I assume quarantine protocol is the same for the people who are joining the bubble as well. What I don't know and I don't understand is if they're actually going to be, I wouldn't think they would be allowing those people in the bubble and maybe they are. I think they are. They are. Then I'm sure that they would have to yeah, follow those those quarantine protocols and things like that. So one final question I'll ask you is who is doing bubble life better? JJ Reddick shotgunning beers from a kiddie pool or Ben Simmons fishing and catching a fish and throwing it back into the water, but missing the water altogether and it flopping on the deck. I mean, I'm going to have to say JJ Reddick from the kiddie pool (laughs) over at the Grand Floridian. I mean, that's what Ben Simmons does on the court, so it's no no different. Him missing shots isn't anything new for him. Especially from that distance. (laughs) Got to get a dig at a former LSU Tiger as an Arkansas Razorback fan. (laughs) Woo-pig. Oh, man. Uh, I don't don't know how you feel about this, buddy, but this was – I came out of this way smarter than I anticipated. This was uh, was great information. I knew absolutely nothing going in. So this was, this was fantastic. It's like I went to a timeshare meeting. <laughs> I've been to one of those timeshare meetings. and I Is am, that how you ended up where you are? Uh, it's not quite how I ended up where I am, but I do now own a very small part of Walt Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as we wrap things up here, I want to give Mitchell a chance to jump in here as well. Mitchell, what are you most excited to see with the NBA coming back? I think the, the most exciting thing to me is that just the fact that I know that golf has been on and I think there's been some NASCAR on, but for the most part, you know, one of the, the four big you know American sports will be back on TV and I'm super pumped for that. I'm a pretty casual NBA fan during the regular season, but once the playoffs start, I watch like 90% of the games. So I am ready for some sports. And I am also ready for what I am sure ESPN will be doing, which will be like in between games and stuff on the the games that ESPN has the TV rights for. There will be some amazing Disney World promotional material that uh, I cannot wait for. There's rumors that the players will be get getting some like after hours access to the park. So I am definitely looking forward to ESPN promos with, you know, 
a uh, ride vehicle full of seven footers going on seven dwarfs <laughs> mine train roller coaster. And... That is uh, uh, an incredibly beautiful contradiction. <laughs> Corporate synergy, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to make you pin this down. Mitchell, if you had to pick one team to cheer for, uh, who are you cheering for in the NBA right now? Oh, man, I'm torn. I'm so, I'm so torn because I, I do love LeBron. So I, I just follow LeBron wherever he goes. You can call me a bandwagon fan. But LeBron's the same age as my older brother, and I've been following him since he was like a sophomore in high school. So I love LeBron, so I got to pull for the Lakers. But the Disney fan in me, I'm hoping for a Lakers and Bucks finals so that I can get as much as much uh, Robin Lopez specifically. He's the one more active on social media. But I'd love to see as much Robin and Brooke Lopez as well. So there you go. There's my East team and my, my West team. That's great. And, and quite an easy, uh, easy decision, too. The number one in both sides. Bodie, what thing is going to surprise us the most coming into uh, these early games of the NBA? Well, technically, we don't know what's going to surprise us until it happens, but... <laughs> okay, smartass. <laughs> but I, I think we're just going to be going back to kind of what Mitchell said, just seeing guys playing sports again, just seeing competition that not from a game that was on five years ago, if you're watching those replays on ESPN, just feeling that adrenaline that you get from watching a game on TV, it's going to be, it'll be thrilling and it'll be kind of foreign, but have that familiar nostalgic feel again. Basketball is hosted by Matthew Moore. That's me and Andrew Bodenbach. That's him. Thanks to our guest, Mitchell Williamson for the scoop on all things Disney. Mitchell, thanks for joining us today. Thanks man for doing this. Oh, it's been, I mean, I'm a lover of podcasts. I just had a, podcast t-shirt show up in the mail today so getting to be on this is uh, it's a lot of fun our theme song is by bad snacks join us next week as we bring on the doris burke of basket bubble danae bowers herself stay safe out there bubble we'll see you next week